Welcome to our three-part mini-series regarding COVID-19 and your small group ministry. Hello again, everyone. Derek here along with your other host, Steve Gladen. And again, Steve, with all that's happening in the world right now, as we're seeing governments limit large public gatherings, we're seeing churches canceling weekend services, we really wanted to roll out this three-part series as soon as possible. And so if you're just joining us now um, for part three, make sure that you tune in and listen to part one which focused on five ways to keep community vibrant through COVID-19. And part two was with uh, special guest Jay Cranda. It was all about five ways to launch online groups now. And part three, the grand finale, is going to be all about the 10 checkpoints to know if your small group ministry is healthy. Yeah, and part of what we're trying to do in this three-part series is, first one was to set the tone and make sure you had some data points to uh, speak into your leaders uh, for your small group ministry and and help you know set the pace there uh, through those five things. And then be able to, obviously, for the churches that may not have small groups up and rolling and that uh, may for sure not have virtual groups up and rolling, is to uh, get them going. Had a great blunder there. Derek caught me on that one. I was going, uh, what I say, virus groups or? You said how to make your groups viral. And I was like, don't you mean virtual? That's true. That is, it is virtual with that. This one I want to do, if you've got a small group ministry rolling, uh, this is a great time to do a checkup on uh, your small group ministry. And uh, we're just going to go through these. Some of them, you'll be able to check them off real quick and say, hey, uh, you know, good, I'm, I'm locked in, I'm ready to go. But especially, during this time, you're probably going to need to make sure you've got uh, the majority of these things checked off and uh, with that. So uh, with that, Derek, you can uh, set us up and I'll roll us through. Yeah, before we dive into the 10 pieces, I was thinking back, Steve, to a quote about this time last year that Rick Warren shared with us at the Lobby Gathering, one of our premier small group training events. And he said to the crowd there, uh, quote, I think more people are going to be brought to Christ through the relationships in small groups than any front door evangelism in the next 15 to 20 years. That's that's like spooky scary. Uh, yeah. I, I remember that quote from last year at the lobby. And and wow, at that time, we thought it was going to be more because the, the, uh, the, the predominance of media and the predominance of culture was poo-pooing the church and just, you know, slamming the church. Little did we know a virus was going to come along that was going to shut the church down, much like we talked about in the other shows, uh, like the first century. And we're, we're leaning on the small group movement right yeah. now. So I'm excited about these 10 things. So Steve, take us to number one. Yeah, and we're going to cover these a little bit quicker. We have plenty of resources that can do a backup with you. Uh, both my books, Small Groups with Purpose and Planning Small Groups with Purpose, can uh, you know shadow you with these 10 points. But for you, the, just these 10 checkpoints. Number one, I want to start off with is you got to know where you're headed. And part of that is uh, you may have small groups and you've just launched them and they're rolling and going, but uh, eventually you've got to let them know what success is. And for us, we're taking the five verbs of the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, and we are embedding them into our small groups, and we're embedding them into every member in our small group. So we want our small groups to practice the five biblical purposes, obviously not all on the same night, 
but over the course of six months. And then we're obviously wanting every person to dial those five biblical purposes into their lives. Whatever your church is, you've got to get crystal clear. And this is a good reminder to saying, hey, when we have groups meeting on ground or in a virtual environment, what in the world is going to be success for them in, in the form of discipleship? Second thing I would want, want to roll on to is um, you, if you're, you got to think through the lay of the land and, and is everybody as excited about the small group ministry as you are? And oftentimes we hunker down into our little uh, silo mentality and making sure our little world is going. But do you have that, um, that alignment across all the different aspects of your church. Uh, I mean, I couldn't help but be blessed so much uh, with Rick uh, this last uh, weekend uh, during the weekend service. And I just want to read you just a quick thing. He says, uh, and this, I'm just quoting him on this. It says, uh, I want to begin uh, by saying, you know, that I love you and I love every one of you. And I'm so proud of you for being connected to a Saddleback small group. You are brilliant. I've told you this for years, that the heartbeat of the church is our small groups and that you're you're not really going to feel a part of our church until you're connected to our small group church family. In many ways, Saddleback Church is much better suited to weather the storm of the coronavirus outbreak because we have more members that are a part of our weekly small group studies than attend our weekend services. About 30,000 people attend on ground uh, into our weekend services, but over 42,000 attend our close to 9,000 small groups uh, that we have spread out uh, across this uh, five-county reach area in our other campuses. You know, a lot of churches are just a big crowd. They meet on the weekends and then they disperse. They are going to be hit hard during these days when we are told to avoid large gatherings. They don't have the purpose-driven infrastructure of small groups that we do, but Saddleback will just keep rolling on and growing because we are so much more than just a weekend service. And as you're looking at the terrain and as you're looking at the lay of the land in your church, obviously Saddleback didn't get to that terrain overnight, but you've got to be able to assess the pockets in the different areas. Obviously, with Rick on board so much, that, that makes the job much easier now, but it wasn't always that way. And so I just want to encourage you, take a, take a list of all through the different areas of your church and see where's the lay of the land and how are we doing? Do we need to beef up in relationship in this area? Do we need to partner together with this area? Especially during this virus, uh, there's great opportunities to partner with other aspects of your church. I loved how when Rick was sharing those thoughts on Small Group Sunday, Steve, I knew you were like literally sitting there super happy as he was literally saying, if you're not in a small group, email this number, text this number. It was like amazing to have a, a lead pastor that's so on board with groups. I knew that was just making a huge smile come to your face. So that's one, number one. Number two, take us to number three. All right. Uh, the other one is, you know, who's going to run point? And this is where probably if you're listening to this, you're you're running point with it, or you may be a senior pastor going, which volunteer do I want to have uh, run point with this? And I always get asked the question, you know, well, what's who's best suited to run point? And I always lean into First Corinthians five uh, verses one through four. Paul talks there 
uh, about, you know, some are elders, some are, I mean, uh, some are, he talks about elders, he talks about shepherds, he talks about overseers, and literally it's all the same person. And the bottom line is we're always going to gravitate to one of those three words. And as who's ever running point, you just got to figure out what you're not and surround yourself with the people that are there. That's why points three and four kind of go together because one is who's going to run point and uh, you got to figure out who's got the passion for groups. You may be a strong shepherd, uh, you care for people, uh, or you may be a strong overseer. You're more of a systems and process person, uh, or you may be a, a more of an elder, uh, which in scripture it talks about someone who's, who's more of a developer, has the wisdom and things like that. And we all have parts of that, but whatever one you gravitate, to, gravitate towards the most, you know, as long as you got the passion for community, you can run a small group ministry. So take confidence if, if your pastor has asked you to run point or if you're listening to this and he, you go, my pastor just told me I'm running point, uh, you know, God's with you, uh, but that leads straight into point four and that's going to be who's on your team. And whatever you're strong in is, is a gift to your church. But whatever you're weak in, you've got to find people like that that can help you out. Uh, classic example, I'm more of a systems and process person by by nature. I have a little bit more of elder characteristics because I've been you know, doing this ministry for 35 years. So I'm a little bit more weather tested and I've learned a lot, a lot of, bat, a lot of battle scars. But clearly, shepherding, you know, if somebody's hurt in the office, I go, hey, hey, Derek, come in here for a second. You know, take care of this person. <laughs> but the, the, the point is, is that, you know, Who's running point is a passion question. Who's on your team, which is point four, is do I have the right players around me? We tend to gather people who are like us to be around us. And you've got to have very, very different people around you to make your team such a success in life. And you think through any sports, Derek and I are both strong college football uh, sports. We're both mourning the fact that spring practice has been shut down. Oh, spring man. games have been shut down. Praying to the Lord Jesus that the season's not shut down. Yes, uh, <laughs> but uh, but we know the power of a team. We know the power of recruiting into that team. So uh, points three and four. Three is you know who's running point. That's the passion question. Point four is the tactical question. And who's going to be around you to help you? And it's a great time to take a checklist and say. Do I have the right people around me to make my small group ministry go? Uh, in planning small groups with purpose, I talk about five different areas in a small group ministry where we go through 20 questions, and you really need a, an expert in each one of those five areas to make sure that your small group ministry is humming as best as it can. And Steve, back to the college football recruiting analogy. I loved that because we're both recruiting nerds in college football. You know, players are, are ranked five stars like the elite, six foot five, chiseled, fast guy. A one are you talking about me? <laughs> no, that would be me. <laughs> You're not six five. <laughs> a one star or a two star might be the diamond in the rough, the person that's getting overlooked. But again, back to the groups and ministry, don't think you just have to go after and recruit, you know, the five star all-stars that have that charismatic personality, the best people to surround yourself with might be those diamonds in the rough who can just naturally gather, right? Yeah, it, totally right. And uh, just to throw salt in your wound, did you see that? We got a four-star uh, cornerback recruit yesterday. I, I just know you, I was going to send that to you. You know, he's deciding between Clemson and Ohio State, and he picked Ohio State. So 
God was with Ouch. me yesterday in the midst of all this chaos. Number five, you know, what will your strategy be? Now, obviously, in part two, that's a great strategy. You have a virus that is on our world. And if you need to start groups anywhere, uh, that's your strategy right now. You have a perfect reason to get people into community. And trust me, they are looking for it. And we talked about a centralized and decentralized strategy in the last podcast. But, you know, one of the checkpoints you got to go is saying, hey, am I, am I taking advantage of the, what's in front of me? And part of what your church needs to do is get a communication out to saying, hey, kind of like what I just read there with Rick, if you're not in a group, you're going to miss out. And we want to make sure it, that's a great strategy. Uh, another strategy may be when things have settled down a little bit in a few weeks, you could, you know, release a campaign and in uh, small groups with purpose. Chapter 17, I talk about all the strategies with a campaign because the beautiful thing about a campaign is that it aligns the church from children, students and adults. And with everybody at home right now, uh, because of this virus, that is a great thing that you could do. And it gets people focused, it keeps them busy, gets them into God's word. It stops them from watching the news and getting a little bit more into the good news. But you've got to ask yourself strategy-wise, what are you doing strategically with this? And if you need some more helps on that, I like I said, go to uh, uh, Small Groups with Purpose uh, with that one. And then also in the planning book, uh, we have a bunch of questions that are, some of them will help you with the strategy piece on uh, that. Sixth thing that I was going to talk to you about is when will you start? And good Lord, right now, you don't even have time to ask that question because right now it is before us. And this week, A, number one, if if uh, you do not have a strategy uh, for what COVID-19 is bringing with us, it, you've got to start it right now. Uh, you got to know how to do it. I would take the part two of this podcast, say, that's my strategy. And I would implement it immediately if you're not already there with your small group ministry. And Stephen, the last point you were talking about campaigns and how that's an amazing way to start a campaign. It's crazy with the COVID-19. It's almost like it's an unofficial campaign in a sense. Like now is the time to rally your church together to say this is the time to launch groups. Yeah, it is. You know, campaigns are used to launch a ton of small groups. And actually, we are right in the middle of a campaign. We paused for one week uh, because Rick wanted to speak directly to all of our church audience. And that's what he just did this past weekend. Uh, for Saddleback Church, and you can go on small uh, saddleback.com and you can watch that service if you want to. Uh, but the beautiful thing he did was, you know, he was just, uh, uh, you know, aligning the whole church on what we were doing. Uh, we were in the midst of that in a campaign uh, naturally. So, uh, great point. Number 17 is what's your pathway? And uh, this is more speaking specifically to the small group leader. And you got to have a strategy from uh, come and see to come and die. You got to have a strategy for the training processes that you have in there. Uh, in the show notes is a picture of our pathway that we have for our small group leaders to take them through new host training to uh, LT1 to LT2 to ongoing education. And so in that uh, pathway, uh, I just want to encourage you to be thinking through, this is a good time to be able to think through, okay, now that meetings at churches have almost screeched to a halt, take a take an assessment of your strategy. And uh, you can look at our picture, you can look at whatever you want to do. Um, 
in um, both small groups with purpose, chapters 11, 12, and 13. I walk through our pathway with that. I revisit again in planning small groups with purpose. But it, it is, you know, is your is your pathway as dialed in as it, it needs to be in these ongoing, ongoing times? Because you're going to start a bunch of groups because friends are going to get together and uh, they're going to be, you know, looking to say, okay, what is that development pathway for the leader that's in place? I love it. So we've hit points one through seven. We're now at the final three. Steve, take us into number eight. Yeah. And with number eight, I'm talking about infrastructure. And this is a great time for you to assess uh, how you're caring for your groups. Now, there's an old adage that says it takes a village to raise a child. And in the same way at Saddleback, we believe it takes a village to raise a healthy group. And this is a time uh, when you look at page uh, 143 and 144 and planning small groups with purpose, uh, you can start to see there uh, a diagram. We'll have the diagram for you up in the show notes uh, that shows our village. But are, are those things all saying the same thing to let your groups know that, A, uh, you're in alignment, but B, also, do, uh, do they know that they are getting comfort from all those different uh, forms of the family to be with them? But more importantly is there's going to be parental units in your village that's probably going to be you, the small group point person, and some people that are helping you scale your small group ministry so that it can grow to the number of groups it needs to. And whether you call those people coaches or community leaders like we do, the important thing is, is they should be reaching out more than ever and get it, and speaking into what we call the soft data ministering to them, touching them, helping them, uh, worry about the hard data, which is uh, the pathway we just talked about in the previous point. That's getting them through all the things you want them to do. But spend this time right now in your infrastructure saying, how well are we spending time getting to know our group leaders and where they're at? Obviously, you as the small group point person, you, you can't call all the groups. You can't get to know all of them. That's why you've got to build a scalable mentality inside uh, your small group ministry. Uh, number nine is don't stand alone. And this is where I would just make a shameless plug for the small group network. We have uh, regional leaders, country leaders, uh, any place that you're on the planet, we, we have people in place for you. If you go onto our global uh, team, you can see the, the people that you can reach out to. If you have questions, if you need prayer, uh, we have uh, three people that are on our care team uh, that you can connect with personally on, on that part of our website to be able to uh, just have confidential uh, conversations. They're all trained counselors. They're all there to uh, care for you and minister to you. Uh, but I would even say, just in the real time, if you're not a part of our Facebook group, if you look at uh, probably the last you know 30 to 40 posts in the Facebook group uh, over out of like 42, yeah. uh, they have all been on this coronavirus trying to figure out right. things. And uh, you know, don't just don't be alone in this in this part of being a small group point person. 
Uh, when I got into ministry, it was hard to find small group point people. And I'm vowed to make sure that it is easy for people to get connected personally, that they are resourced strategically, and that they realize they can have a global impact with how they're gifted in the body of Christ. And so I want to make sure that you take uh, access to all the things that we have on the website at smallgroupnetwork.com, and especially our private Facebook group that you can easily be a part of. Uh, just got to answer three simple questions that uh, anybody could answer, but you got to answer them so we know that you're a good person, not a bad person. <laughs> Only good people wanted in that group. Another thing you can do is join a huddle. Go to smallgroupnetwork.com slash huddles, and you're going to see these huddles are environments we create as a network. You can meet physically or virtually, and it's just simply gathering with two or three other small group point people and getting together a couple times a year to share ideas, to pray for one another, and to share ideas and strategies. Great way to uh, find community together. Yeah, and you just go on smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash huddle, and uh, you can see more aspects on that. We'll get a Q&A section if you even want to start one. Last thing I'm just going to bring to you in this particular uh, phase on a checklist, and that is just taking care of your own heart. You know, if the enemy takes you down, uh, then th so goes the small group community that you've developed at your church. And I would just really encourage you at this point in time to be able to think through and saying, how am I taking care of my heart? Let me talk to you specifically about something that theologians talk a lot about, and that is the Messiah complex. And more than ever during this time, and maybe I'm speaking just to my own heart, I have felt a burden to uh, make sure our small group network and people getting plugged into groups and people starting groups is running at its, at its optimum performance. And I can take that on like I'm Jesus. And, and something that we can quickly forget is that in ministry, it's never done. Uh, I went to bed with emails in my inbox. I went to bed with texts that were sent to me. I went to bed with, uh, you know, social media conversations that people were asking me questions. And the bottom line is, is that uh, in the in the ministry we're in, it, it, the checklist is never done. I never go home at five or six and say, "Wow, I can unplug my brain because you know ministry is done." And so the Messiah complex is you can't be Jesus. There is only one Jesus. And um, sometimes in ministry, we're very acute and in tune to tithing uh, and, you know, helping people understand that God can do more with 90% of your income than uh, you can do with 100%. But we forget the very thing about our own soul care when God tells us to take a Sabbath. And sometimes very quickly, we can forget that... Uh, God can do more with our six days than we can do with seven. And so make sure you take care of your soul. Uh, part of it, I always, you know, help our staff understand you got to do Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. Uh, that means your tools have to be sharp. You've got to be crisp. You've got to be, uh, you got to have technology working for you, not against you. Your proficiencies have to be high. Uh, you've got to keep your tools as sharp as possible so you can cut down the tree as Ecclesiastes 10.10 10 talks about. But if your tools are, are dull, and you're scrambling, you're, you could use up all the hours you need on frivolous things because your efficiency isn't there. So there's a part of efficiency, but but more importantly, what I'm talking to is the soul care in you. Uh, make sure you're doing your quiet time. Uh, make sure, you know, I, I mean, as many things as I had to do today, I had to make sure this morning, first thing, my mind was racing. I just had to breathe and say, 
I've got to, I've got to crack open God's word. I've got to do my, my, my routine in my quiet time with that, because when a lot of stuff is racing around, like with COVID-19, what can happen is you can very quickly uh, lose your soul in the whole process. So don't let the disease of what the devil would do to you uh, beat you out when you're trying to help the disease of COVID-19 and resting fear with your people. So on this checklist, I would just I encourage you to look through the 10 uh, and ask yourself the question, look at the pictures in the show notes and say, uh, am, I, uh, am I in place? Am I doing what I need to do And uh, with my small group ministry? I love, Steve, what you just shared about preparing your heart. I mean, because you can read a couple uh, articles on the web regarding all these crazy happenings in the news and start just to feel your blood pressure rise. I mean, mine was so much that I had to fall asleep with just some worship music playing uh, on a rotation just to help get me some peace. So thanks for sharing that. And thanks everybody for tuning in to this special three-part series on COVID-19 and your small group ministry. And we pray that this has really encouraged you and empowered you to take groups further than you ever have before in your church. And reminder, if you missed part one and two, go back and find those. And um, anything else, Steve, you want to share? Yeah. And just uh, if you have a prayer request, you know, please send it to us. Uh, it's Derek at smallgroupnetwork.com. It's Steve at smallgroupnetwork.com. Because uh, we do want to pray for you. We want to help you out through this time in any way possible that we can. We love you. All right, guys. Love you too. Bye. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.